Good evening, humans. Good morning, humans. Good afternoon, humans. I don't know what time I'm releasing this, but it's going to be out, so you should listen to it. I feel like it'd be more like an evening type of thing. I don't know. Uh, something about the evening and true crime and wine, maybe some chicken fajitas. I don't know. It just sounds really good. But guys, I'm back again. It's your favorite person. I'm just kidding. I'm probably not your favorite. I'm probably your least favorite. I'm the least interesting to look at. <laughs> I've been obsessed with Courtney for like the longest time and I haven't like watched anything about her in like a few months and something popped up today on my Facebook and now I'm just, I'm obsessed with her all over again. But uh, hello everyone. This is the first true crime episode that I am doing. I'm so excited. So I had a few people message me and they gave me some advice on like what I should do or who I should talk about. And I got some really good answers. I'm totally down to talk about all of them. One in particular is a case that happened here. And I was like, what? I didn't even know this really. I mean, like I, I knew about the person, like the person sounded familiar, but I never actually looked into it like I do with other cases that like really catch my eye. So I will talk about them pretty soon, just not yet because it's kind of like there's a timeline, but there's not enough details in it. And it's kind of hard to research something that's happened so long ago when nobody's ever really talked about it ever again. But this case, this case has been talked about forever. Um, I kind of grew up, I don't, don't want to say my mom raised me on crime, but I mean, she kind of raised me on crime, but I feel like in a way it was good to know these things as a young kid, just be like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Cause it was, it was a lot of like jacked up things that I knew, but at least I knew my how to be aware and like how to be aware of my surroundings and like be around other people like I don't know there was just like things I can catch like if they're staring at me for a long time I know okay like you really need to watch what you're doing like find an exit I don't sit in certain places at restaurants or in bars like I like to face the door I don't know it's just I always grew up that way um this case though <laughs> has nothing to do with being taken or abducted or anything like that. It's your children killing you, a, a parent. Um, I'm guessing you can guess who I'm going to talk about. Uh, I had brunch with a few of my friends a couple of months ago, and I had brought up the two guys, Eric and Lyle Menendez, and one of my friends was like, what? Who's that? And like my jaw dropped because I'm like, what? H how do you not know? And she's like, I don't know, which I, I totally do not blame her. Like I, I, I'm sure I am a hundred percent positive that she does not have the mind I do. And she doesn't just go looking up things like this. Um, I do. I've always had an interest in this. I've actually always wanted to study things like this. Like I've, I've always wanted to study 
serial killers. I that sounds weird, but it's just like what makes them tick? Like it's just it's a it's crazy to to know that it can be things that happen to them as a child. Like most serial killers, it's traumatic experience that happened to them as a child, uh, like with their parents or with their family members, or they were dropped on their head. Like, what? Like, I know a couple of kids that have been dropped on their head, not on purpose, but like they fell down and like they hit their head and I'm like, oh crap, here we go. Like, I don't know, it's just, it's weird, but um. Eric and Lionel Menendez, they killed their parents. And a lot of people surprisingly don't know about this case. So I am here to talk about this case. So this is an evening with Chris and the killers. Here we go, guys. Also, if you are on your commute to work and you have a child in the car, or if you are a child yourself, you need to cut it out right now. Stop listening. Um, warning, the following podcast contains disturbing material that might be inappropriate for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, so let's start with Kitty and Jose Menendez, the parentals. Um, so Jose was a Cuban immigrant who took a boat and, you know, just kind of rode on over to the U.S. in the 1950s. Um, he lived in his cousin's attic for a hot minute and he later met Kitty, who was a, you know, pretty girl pageant queen and they fell in love. They got married. And in January of 1968, they had Joseph Lyle Menendez, who was AKA Lyle. Um, and two, three years later, they popped out Eric on November 27th of 1970, so they lived in New Jersey for a couple of years, and Jose got a job as a corporate executive in California. So he packed up the kids, packed up Kitty, and they moved on over to California from New Jersey. Um, he kind of made a name for himself as like a, you know, big head. Um, in the 80s, he was RCA Records label. He was the head. So that's that's pretty you got to make some good money, especially being in the 80s. You know, they had good bands. He signed bands like uh, Duran Duran, The Arrhythmics, Menudo. Uh, I think there was one more, but I, I don't remember at the moment who else he signed. But, um, yeah, he signed some pretty good bands. So they were kind of living a lavish life. Um, Kyle, uh, oh, my God, what am I saying? Eric and Lyle. Come on, Kristen, get it together. Uh, Eric and Lyle were really, really good in tennis. Um, they were kind of good kids whenever they were little, but they also were very, very spoiled. Um, they were kind of given whatever they want. They had nice clothes, nice shoes. They had a nice house. Um, they pretty much had everything that they could ever want. But it was later uh, it was later proved that in the trial um, – the dad was really rough on them. Um, and even neighbors that lived in Beverly Hills um, also agreed that he was really hard on the boys growing up. And in the trial, it, it was also heard that he was abusive sexually, which I don't, I don't know. I'm not too sure on how true that is, but um, I will have to do some more research on that because I really don't know. I've heard about it in many like, YouTube videos and like documentaries and I've read about it too, but I don't know. Everybody just kind of says it, but they're like, 
I mean, we don't know if it's very true. But um, any hooser. I apologize. I had to take a brief pause because my children were acting like a bunch of animals. But I finally got them laying down and they look so adorable right now. But um, where was I? So they were living in Calabasas, California, and they later moved to Beverly Hills, California, where they moved into a home, a very beautiful home. Uh, it was previously rented by Elton John, and it was also either rented or owned by Prince, like the Prince, like Prince, like when doves cry prince so if that's not living the high life i don't know what is i would love to live in a home where a celebrity lived um if i could pick anybody's home it'd probably be i don't know never mind i'm not even gonna answer that i don't know whose house i'd be but just to even look at those homes like i don't know sometimes i spend my time on realtor i'm not even gonna get started but let's move on um, so it was previously owned by Elton John and Prince and I believe another celebrity, I'm not too sure who, but, um, so the kids were already in high school. Uh, they both attended Beverly Hills high school, which I also read was named one of the snobbiest high schools in America. Um, I'm not sure how true that is, but what I've seen on TV, it looks kind of true. I don't know if you're listening to this and you you go to Beverly Hills High School, which I'm sure nobody even gives a shit about me if they go to Beverly Hills. Um, let me know if it is the snobbiest high school in America. I would love to know if that's a fact or not. Um, so they went there. Um, they both excelled in tennis. Um, the dad... Jose pushed them pretty hard on tennis and being um, academically um, good in high school, uh, which, you know, being two snobby high school boys, that it didn't really get them far. I think after high school, one of them went to Princeton, another went to Queens College, I believe. And I think it was Eric who, like, got into trouble, like, for – I don't even remember for what. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, I remember now. Okay, so it was Lyle, and he was going to Princeton University. And then he was placed on, oh, what's the word? Academic probation for poor attendance. And he he was the one who actually got suspended for being accused of plagiarism. So, I mean – you know, they were just kind of headed down the, ba the bad path. Like, they started hanging around just a bad group of people, and it just shit didn't get any better, okay? So let's move on. Um, let's fast forward because there's not really much else that happens. Um, so fast forward to August 20th, 1989. Um, the boys had both said that they were going to go out to the movies, so they left around approximately 10... PM, I believe it was. Um, Kitty and Jose decided that they were gonna stay home and you know, watch movies, be home without the boys. Um Lyle was 21, Eric was 18, which why are you living in your parents' house whenever well, I don't know, maybe it's just back then it was a thing to live with your parents, but um moving on. Um, so they left the house. And they had gone to go watch, I believe it was, 
what movie? I don't know. Who cares about the fucking movie? Um, so they went to go watch a movie. They came back to the house because one of them, Eric, had left his ID. So they came back to the house, right? They're at the movies. They come back. And about 11, 11.45, yeah, 11.45, it was right before midnight, the 911 call went through and they were screaming their heads off that my parents are dead. They're dead on the floor next to the TV. Oh my God. Really? You're, oh God. So I'm already annoyed at this point. Um, Cops didn't really believe them either. Um, It was just fishy from the get-go. Lyle was on the phone screaming, don't touch them, don't touch them, and blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure you could find the call somewhere on YouTube. Um, YouTube it, guys, YouTube it. So the cops pull up to the house, and they talk to the neighbors, and a neighbor reported hearing sounds of firecrackers coming from the house about 10 o'clock. But he didn't think anything of it. Um, so there was that. And what happened after that? I'm trying to remember. I kind of remember a lot of stuff, but some of it I had to write down. I kind of took notes. Um, so the cops showed up and they they found Kitty and Jose and they're dead on the floor uh, right in front of the TV. Um they hired the family retired reti- oh my god i can't even freaking talk okay so the family hired a retired police detective to investigate the murders and he said that he's seen it was quoted i've seen a lot of homicides but nothing quite that brutal blood flesh skulls it would be hard to describe especially jose as resembling a human that you would recognize that's how bad it was. So they were murdered. They were murdered with a shotgun. Um, I believe it was oh, it was it was a 12 gauge shotgun. Um, Jose was shot in the back of the head with it. So 12 gauge shotgun, I mean your head's pretty much blown out. Um, this is where it kind of gets gory. So if you don't want to listen, fast forward. Um Kitty was awakened by the shots originally, and she got up from the couch, and that's when she was shot in the leg while running towards the hallway, which caused her to slip and fall into her own blood. Um, Then she was shot several times in the arm, the chest, and her face, leaving her unrecognizable because, of course, shotgun is going to blow. Both Kitty and Jose were also shot in the kneecaps in an attempt to make the murders appear connected to an organized crime. So, oh, it, okay, so this is where it gets kind of wild. Um, so the police didn't order the brothers to undergo gunshot residue tests to find out whether they had recently used a firearm um, since at the time it was a, just a lack of evidence prevented them to from looking into the brothers more thoroughly. Um, in months after the murders, the brothers began to spend money like crazy like i mean they bought a freaking car lyle bought a fucking rolex watch a porsche uh they would go out to eat like i mean high dining eric hired a full-time tennis coach like what 
He hired a full-time tennis coach. So in all these months that your parents just got murdered, you're out there blowing their freaking money. Like, that doesn't make any freaking sense whatsoever. Like, it just doesn't. I don't understand how you can – I mean, even even people that I don't even know. Like, I hear about these murders, and I'm, like, watching videos about them and shit like that, and I'm, like, in tears. Like, I don't even know these people, and I'm freaking crying. And Jade's like, you don't even know them. Why are you crying? And I don't know. It just – it bothers me. So these boys, they were just blowing their freaking money. Um, Where was I? Toby got up. <laughs> Toby, go back to sleep. No, he does not care. Um, so they were blowing money out of the wazoo. I love that word. Um, where am I? Mm, I'm so sorry, guys. I just got so lost. Let me go get my dog because he is in the bathroom drinking the toilet water. Sorry. Sorry, once again, you can blame Toby the Beagle. But uh, where was I? The, oh my goodness. I really suck today. Oh, they even bought apartments. Like they each bought their own apartment. A Marina Del Rey apartment. So those are, those are nice apartments. So Eric started playing also in international tournaments along with being coached by his own private tennis coach. <laughs> I don't know. Something about that just makes me laugh. Uh, so together, these little shits in six months, guys, six months, these little shits spent $1 million. $1 million. Do you know what I would do with $1 million? First off, I would pay all my bills. I would pay all of my parents' bills. Well, all of my... Never mind. But... <laughs> bills at my sister's college and Jade's parents. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah. So $1 million in six months after their parents had been murdered. That is one hell of a way to mourn the loss of your parents. I wouldn't even know what the fuck to do if my mom died. Like it just, they just didn't make it look very good from from the beginning. So the police were trying to go with the mob hit because, you know, that's what it was the mob who did it because they were, I don't know, that was just a stupid, it was a very stupid reasoning. But um, so they tried to go with the mob hit thing, but nothing came of it. So since these little shits made it a financial motive because, hey, how are you just going to, you know, your parents died and all of a sudden six months later you go and spill, spend a million dollars of their money, not even your own money, of their money, that's kind of fishy. I, I mean, that would just be kind of fishy to anybody. So the cops went in to investigate the boys. Uh, they even went as far as convincing Eric's friend Craig from school to wear a wire, which... Craig ended up doing it. Uh, they went to go have lunch together one day, and Craig asked the question, Eric, did you kill your parents? And he, of course, said no. But Eric was also seeing a psychologist, and I'm guessing Eric, it was getting to his head. And soon after the whole Craig lunch thing, Eric, he cracked. Uh, he pretty much cracked and told his psychologist, um, 
I'm assuming he went back and told Lyle about it, which Lyle threatened the psychologist. And the psychologist guy was like, um, no, dude, like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? Like, this guy, y'all are y'all are being investigated for the murder of y'all's parents. And your brother literally told me that he, yeah, y'all killed your parents. So what am I supposed to do with that? So he goes and tells, um, the, the psychologist goes and tells, his mistress, which the mistress turned around and was like, um, no, like, bitch, no, we go into the cops. So she went to the cops and she told them what, what the, what they had said. And so they were like, I mean, that's grounds for, <laughs> that's grounds for arrest. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do about? What are you going to do, baby? So Lyle was arrested on March 8th of 1990 and Eric who was playing in a international tennis match or tennis tournament flew in to the US 3 days later and was arrested soon as soon as he landed um he, he actually no he said that he turned himself in uh and Lyle was already preparing to flee the US so they were already I mean they were already shit was hitting the fan Winter was coming for them. Uh, so they both were arrested and they were, of course, held without bail. I mean, who would want to who would want to put bail on them? So they were arrested. They were arrested without bail. Uh, they sat in there for a hot minute and then the trial started. So the prosecution argued that the brothers simply did it for the $15 million fortune, which, I mean, makes sense, you know, but. Lyle and Eric's defense, Leslie Abram Abramson, 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 Leslie, we're just going to go with Leslie. Um, Leslie argued that the killings weren't motivated by money. So this is where the whole Jose thing pops up. Okay. So Leslie argued that Jose had sexually abused both of his sons for years and Kitty the mom was just a drunk girl who did nothing to stop it and also physically abused them herself. So I don't know which and like, I want to believe it, but then I don't want to believe it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just odd. Both sides are odd. Um, about a month after, a so they had the trial, excuse me, I burped, so they had trial or whatever, and then they finally went to deliberations. After a month, uh, the juries in the Menendez brothers' murder trial was deadlocked. Um, deadlocked is pretty much declared a mistrial, uh, so the first trial was declared a mistrial on January 13th. And it later came out that the jury was split along gender lines. The male jurors were in favor of conviction and the women were not. So, I don't know. That's kind of jacked up as well, which being a woman, like you want to, I don't know. It just, I don't even want to get into that. But, um, so they went back to trial again, October 11th of 1995. So this was a second trial. Um, it took a few, it took, a, I don't even want to know how, I think it was like four months, 
for I could be wrong. Um, it came for the brothers to testify. So Eric spent several weeks on the stand where he said that his father was a killer whom he feared would kill again and all this bad stuff about him. And Lyle, of course, did not testify. I think Eric was really standing up for Lyle. I don't know. The whole thing was just a mess. I think I just heard thunder. I hope not. Jade has the Jeep. Uh, so this lasted a hot minute. And on March 20th, 1996, came the verdict. After three weeks of deliberations, the jury came back with a guilty verdict for Lyle and Eric Menendez for first-degree mother of their parents, Jose and Kitty Menendez. Um, so it took a while to go to sentencing. Of course, it, it does with any trial that we have. Um, on July 2nd, 1996, both Lyle and Eric were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, which is, I applaud, I applaud. I am very proud and very happy with that verdict. Um, I still don't, it, it, it still doesn't really tell me though. Like to me, I feel like I just need a, I need a reason. Like, was it, was there really proof behind Jose sexually abusing them? And if there was, like, why didn't anybody else know about it? If they were, I understand that they were very high-profile people, but you would think that somebody else would know about it. Um, Kitty, they said that she was a drunk. They said that she was on popping pills every day of her life, which, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right. And also with the whole, it was for money, like maybe it could be all three. Maybe it could be that they were doing it for the money. Maybe it could be that they were doing it because he really did sexually abuse them. And Kitty was an asshole pretty much. And just like, you know, kind of let that shit go. Toby, come here. My son's being a weirdo. But, um. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, they both were sentenced and they went to prison and <laughs> they both, they both tried to appeal their case, which no, no. Why would you do that? Like, I mean, I know you want to get out, but dude, you killed your parents. Like, how are you? No. So, anyways, they're they're in prison now. Um, they are still in prison. I actually saw something the other day that uh, in 2020 they were reunited. Uh, so they like split up in prison, and then they were put back into a prison together. So um, one, I believe, is like a newborn Christian, and like oh, he's like a big old he's a good person now and blah, 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 which I mean, if you are good for you to me, I feel like it's a crock of shit. Um, but that is just me. I, I don't, I don't know if I don't know. Um, they both, were, they both got married. I, 
think it was Lyle who got married first. So Lyle got married. Oh, okay, 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 I have it. I did write it down. So Eric married an Anna Erickson at a ceremony attended by his lawyer and his aunt in, <laughs> in 96, and they divorced in 2001 uh, after Anna discovered that Lyle was cheating on her with another woman. Girls, what is up with y'all in killers? Like, what is, like, there is nothing, like, what do you, my man's so sexy in his, in his, <laughs> in his, <laughs> in his correctional uniform. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't get what's cute about that. It's just not cute, guys, especially when they're killers, like, or just in, in general, like, in prison. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see that. Like, especially if they're going to be in there for life. Like, what do you, what, you, you ain't going to wait for anything. Like, what are you thinking? But anyways, um, so he, they, they got divorced in 2001. And then in 2003, Lyle, once again, married a girl named Rebecca Sneed at a ceremony in a supermax prison visiting area of the Mule Creek State Prison. Um, they had actually known each other about 10 years before their engagement and their marriage. Um, and in 99, I believe, Eric married Tammy Ruth at a Folsom State Prison. Everybody knows Folsom State Prison. Um, they're their wedding cake, y'all, their wedding cake was a Twinkie. Their wedding cake was a Twinkie. Did you hear me? <laughs> their wedding cake. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. It's not funny. It's really not. But <laughs> their wedding cake was a Twinkie. That's kind of cool. Um, Yeah, their wedding cake was a Twinkie. Uh, they had to improvise because, you know, they couldn't have a big ceremony like they wanted to and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that that's that's Eric and Lyle Menendez. That's their life now. They just, you know, get married and sit in a cell and that's about it. That's all they do with their lives. Uh I really hope that y'all don't have children and they try to kill y'all because that would really suck. In a way, I'm kind of glad that I don't have a lot of money because if I ever have children, they can't just kill me for that. You know, if, you, if you're going to kill me, you're going to have to kill me for a good reason. Uh, well, I guess I will go back to researching. And yeah, that, I think that's all. That's all I got for now, guys. Um, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been annoying because my dogs are like, all up in my face and shit, but, uh, now they want to sit here and stare at me now that I don't have anything else to talk about, because that's pretty much it, uh, maybe we'll do, we'll see, we'll see who's next, we'll see who's next on the list, because I've got a small list, um, it won't be for a while, though, it'll, it'll probably be, like, in May or June, I don't know. If y'all like this one, maybe I might do another one towards the end of the month. We'll see. Y'all y'all hit me up, guys. Hit me up because I'm bored and I'm lonely. Um, yeah, let's have dinner. Let, let's talk about true crime. 
One last thing before I exit and depart and you don't hear me for the next two to three weeks. Um, It was International Women's Day a couple of days ago. And there is something that I want to talk about and share with y'all. Boys, if y'all don't want to listen, it's kind of like a girl thing, but it is very informational. So if y'all want to listen, boys, y'all can go ahead and listen to the next episode on the next drop day. But uh, this is mainly for women because I didn't think that a lot of women have this issue. And turns out um, a lot of women do have this issue. So I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. Hopefully it kind of gives y'all a a heads up in case y'all are like, you know, kind of experiencing the same things I'm experiencing. I'm about to share with y'all something super, super personal. So um, I can't wait for the next drop, guys. I will see y'all soon. Or y'all will hear me soon.